0: And I saw, when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, saying, Come and see. Noise of
1: Thunder Radio, with Christian J. Pinto. Okay. Praise the Lord, you guys, and welcome. I'm Chris Pinto. This is Noise of Thunder Radio. Today on the show, we are going to talk about a number of things. We're going to talk about an update on the new film, American Jesuits. Yes, the editing is moving forward. We are almost there. We are almost at the finish line, but it is taking, as it typically does, longer than anticipated But we are still pressing forward, and we are now hoping to have everything wrapped up and on its way to the duplicator uh, before the holiday. That is the goal. But uh, it's a round-the-clock process, and it's why I haven't made, I haven't done a a Noise of Thunder radio episode for several weeks, because I've just spent all of my time editing, which is very, very tedious. But uh, I like the way the film looks. I like the way it sounds. I like the... You know, the information that we're able to communicate, I think it's going to be a powerful presentation on the Jesuit order and their history, especially up into modern times. Because one of the things I'm trying to show is that the issue of the Jesuits is very much a modern problem, very much a modern problem. This is not a problem that went away. You know, it's not like the Dominicans who used to burn people at the stake, well, now they're You know, they're disempowered and they're no longer really an issue. Uh, That's not the case here. The Jesuits are very, very involved. Uh, They control the Vatican. Uh, They control Georgetown University here in the United States. When you have everybody from Joe Biden to Nancy Pelosi and Dr. Fauci, who are all very, very closely associated with the Jesuit order and many, many others besides, that's not an old problem. Uh, That is a very modern problem problem and things that are happening in our country like illegal immigration, all this stuff with coronavirus and COVID-19 and the vaccines, etc. All of those are issues wherein you can find a direct relation to the Jesuit order and the powers in Rome. And I don't even really mean it's at a certain level, it's, there's no conspiracy theory at a certain point. It's just stuff that is very, very well documented. But we'll be showing the history uh, of the order in our country. And obviously, you have to go into different parts of the world. We have to talk about what happened during World War II, because that's key to what's happening today. World War III is a, really a continuation of World War I and World War II. I believe, once you understand the relationships and how things have progressed since uh, 1945 onward. But anyway, we are pressing forward. We are thankful for your prayers and uh, we are nearing the finish line. So what we're gonna do on the program today, one of, one of the most important issues, something that's ongoing and somebody who makes an appearance in our new film, uh, Doug Thornton, Doug Thornton, who is the host of a podcast called American Vindicta. He is also a retired U.S. Marine and a former federal police officer who I've mentioned on our program before I've had a chance to interview Doug. Uh, and hes I've been on his program several times. But anyway, I am going to play on the show today. I'm going to dedicate most of the program to my interview with him talking about the issue of illegal immigration this is something that's happening every single day at unprecedented levels and the remarkable thing when you hear his testimony remember he was a federal police officer who used to work with the department of homeland security for years and he spent a lot of time down on the border he he knows what goes on down there he saw it firsthand But I ask him a number of questions and you're going to hear his responses and he's got a lot of powerful things to say, not the least of which is that this problem of illegal immigration has gotten worse virtually every year, that it's it's like it never gets better. It only gets worse. And now the way it's happening where they're reporting five to eight million people Possibly more. I mean, nobody knows exactly what the number is. And these reports that it's not just people coming from Mexico and these Latin American countries, but there's also potentially hundreds of thousands of fighting age Middle Eastern men who are quite probably part of some Islamic extremist group that are coming into our country as part of some covert operation that they're planning. That has been reported over and over and over again. We've heard it in mainstream media, we have heard it on independent media. You're gonna hear uh, Doug talk about it on the program today. But of course, I am convinced that what's really going on, this is, uh, as Dr. Ronald Cook told us, this is the process of irredentism. That's what this is, immigration warfare, Roman style. Roman-style immigration warfare. There is the Hijra, that's the Islamic Jihad or immigration Jihad from the Islamic perspective. And then irredentism, that is the Italian version, but it's one that Rome really is expert at, and we're watching it right now. Uh, we're, we're watching irredentism happen every single day. They're bringing the illegals. There's all, uh, Right now, they're using them to to push people out of hotels and things. like. I mean, it's just unbelievable the reports that are happening. It's just like what was going on five and 10 years ago over in Europe, but now the same program, these same programs are happening here in the United States of America. All right, so before we go to our interview with uh, Doug Thornton, I want to read, I want to remind our audience, what do I think is going on? I think what is happening Is partly explained by chapter 1 from the book of Isaiah. Chapter 1, the book of Isaiah, and I'm just going to read some selected verses here. Verse 2 Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Verse 7. Your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. Okay, verse 9, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. Verse 10, that's what that is. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Could that not be spoken to the leaders in our country today? Have they not become like the rulers of Sodom and many of the people like the people of Gomorrah? Okay, So down at verse 16, where God says, "'Wash you, make you clean, "'put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. "'Cease to do evil.'" God tells them to learn to do well. And then down in verse 18 is where we read, "'Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, "'though your sins be as scarlet, "'they shall be white as snow.'" Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Okay, so praise Lord. Now, I have thought for a very long time that those verses and Isaiah chapter 1 in general— is a, is describing the condition of ancient Israel a condition is very similar to the condition of our country here in the United States today very very similar and especially the parts about your cities being burned with fires and the and, and strangers foreigners are devouring your cities right in front of you we have all these foreigners coming the same things happening in western europe You know, these foreigners just piling in and devouring their cities and, you know, assaulting their people and committing all sorts of crimes and so on. It's like their cities are being ruined by foreigners. And what God is saying in Isaiah chapter 1, this is really a warning of judgment from the Lord. And I believe that's what's happening. God is warning our country— and other countries that are historically Christian countries that we need to repent. We need to wash, make ourselves clean, cease to do evil, learn to do what is good, trust in the forgiveness of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, and really put aside the idolatry of these false gods, namely Karl Marx and Allah, the moon god, they need to be put down. And Christians need to stand up and make it clear that our governments are to operate as the government of God, as the minister of God, because that's what government is supposed to be, according to Romans chapter 13. And government doesn't have the option to engage in idolatry or to lift up idols, false gods, in place of the true God of the Bible. Government does not have that option. And unfortunately, that is something that we are, are seeing. I think that's the central problem. You know, if you study the story of Gideon, when Gideon is hiding at the beginning from the Midianites and the angel of the Lord appears to him and basically tells him that he's going to have victory over the Midianites, the first thing that God has Gideon do before he goes to battle, or one of the first things, is to tear down the altar of Baal. Tear down the altar of Baal, put it on the ground and set up an altar unto the Lord. So the false gods must be put down. And then Gideon goes on to claim victory with God's help. Praise the Lord. I think that is a picture of what needs to happen. Because in America, we never accepted the idea that some other religion was somehow or other co-equal with Christianity. That is a 20th century invention. Now, it's an ancient pagan lie that has been resurrected through groups like the Jesuits, the Freemasons, the Skull and Bones, and others. But it is an ancient lie and one that in our country, we've never accepted at a national level. And that's really what's changed, um, not just in America, but really throughout the Western world. All right. So with all of that in view, we are going to go to a commercial break. We're going to take a brief break and then we come back. We are going to hear our interview, my interview with Doug Thornton of American Vindicta right after this.
0: Adullam Films presents a stunning new documentary, The True Christian History of America, exploring the Bible-based Christian origins of the early American view of freedom, tracing the principles of liberty back to England and the Great Reformation. For many years, our schools have taught that the founding of our republic was from the deists or the Enlightenment in France. But is that truly the case? Did the Enlightenment first declare no taxation without representation or trial by jury? Were they the champions of freedom of speech or of the press or the right to bear arms? And why did Samuel Adams declare that the reign of political Protestantism would commence just before signing the Declaration of Independence? Filmed on location in both the United States and Europe, The True Christian History of America is now available at AdullamFilms.com, that's AdullamFilms.com. Now available at NoiseOfThunderRadio.com, that's NoiseOfThunderRadio.com. Adullam Films presents an exciting new documentary, Bridge to Babylon, part three in an award-winning series on the untold history of the Bible. Dr. Jack Mormon calls it a masterful presentation of what is the single most important issue facing Christians today, the defense of the Bible as the Word of God. Why was the Bible changed in 1881? Why have so many churches abandoned biblical inerrancy? And what direction are scholars taking the scriptures today? Learn the truth in Bridge to Babylon, the sequel to A Lamp in the Dark and Tares Among the Wheat. Bridge to Babylon is now available at noiseofthunderradio.com. That's noiseofthunderradio.com. Noise of Thunder Radio.
1: All right. All right. Well, praise the Lord. We are, we've got a special program today. We're going to interview a former federal law enforcement officer, Doug Thornton, who is a a former U.S. Marine, former federal law enforcement. Spent a lot of time working down on the Mexican border. We're going to be talking about this whole immigration crisis going on in our country right now with the with reportedly millions, millions of illegals coming across the border changing dramatically the dynamics of our country, quite deliberately so, many people believe, and what that means. But I want to bring Doug on the program, and we're going to ask him a series of questions what he thinks about what is going on. Uh, He worked with federal law enforcement for many years and then uh, got out and started his own internet podcast called The American Vindicta Show which is a great podcast, very informative, from a Bible-based Christian worldview, but tackling events that are of great concern to the Christian community, certainly, but all Americans. And so let's welcome Doug to the program. Doug, great to have you on. Thanks for being here. Chris, great being on with you, man. All right. So did did I get your bio reasonably correct? You're a former U.S. Marine. Uh, former federal law enforcement. Now, talk about your work as former federal law enforcement. Uh, You worked with the Department of Homeland Security. Can you explain that?
2: Yeah, so I worked for the Department of Homeland Security for 10 years. I worked for the Federal Protective Service. That's the uniform law enforcement side of the federal government. Um, For the last four or five years before I got out, I was on a special response team for the federal government, we were called the Rapid Protection Force. We did things such as uh, natural disasters, um, big riots, um, high-risk court cases, protection details, and also many, many times we went down to the border to assist our sister units from Border Patrol and CBP for their border operations. So I spent quite a long time um, in Texas, along the Southern border, going back and forth and um yeah it's uh it's a mess it's a mess down there
1: do you think the situation we're we're seeing all of these stories we're seeing independent journalists down at the border and what they're reporting the the massive wave of illegals that are coming in it seems like it, it is worse now than ever before do you think that's true every year it gets worse if
2: you, if you take a, a rough estimation that for the last 10 years, we've had a million people cross the border, either illegally or coming through here um, and just slipping the system, then that's easily 10 million people. But what we typically say is for every million we don't catch, there's two to three million that get by. So if we take that estimate and then we flip it on its head, we're easily in the last decade at 30 to 40 million people undocumented, not counting people who came here legally and did it the legal way, but 30 to 40 million people undocumented. That's my rough estimate. And there's plenty of Border Patrol agents who'll say the same thing. And you don't know who they are many of them are multiple time felons pedophiles uh torturers rapists human traffickers gun traffickers terrorists known cartel um known gang affiliates like the MS13 and then you you know that's just a uh, for the most part from Latin America. And then you have the, the other part. The other part is you have the Russians, you have the Chinese, you have people from the Middle East coming over here, many people from Africa coming over here in 2018. Whenever we had um, the big border surge, I was on the El Paso sector. And in one day, and in one hour, we had 3000 people show up where there was 20 guys working. So what can we do with that? Not very much. And there's no backup. There's really no assistance. Um, The soft, soft side housing units that we have to store these people in are at the max capacity. You also then have other problems like diseases that come across. But one of the things that seems to slip the mind of Congress, though they know, is the amount of terrorism that comes across the border, the amount of known terrorism that's being found coming across the border that the FBI blatantly turns the other way. Now, I have my sources on the border, and I have been told that there has been multiple times a day, a week, where you will have men of fighting age in large groups, 5, 10, 15, 20, in a group, And they will all be from the Middle East, and they will appear to look Hispanic. They'll try to change their identity to look Hispanic. They'll be caught. They'll be documented. It'll be turned over then to the FBI, and the FBI will say, let them go and let them proceed into the interior U.S. so that we can monitor their movements. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the simple forms of uh, having a definition for invasion is... untold amount of people being granted access into the country against the will of the people there to deteriorate the laws and the customs and procedures of the people. Now, after that, if you are in the legislative system or the executive branch and you willfully allow that to happen, knowing that you're bringing disease, crime, terrorism, and sex-slave trafficking to include many children trafficked not just into america but from america and then out of america then you would be more defined in a traitor by that term but yet chris it's not really talked about on mainstream media and you know why there's a mockingbird project as to why and i try to give a voice to law enforcement who doesn't have it because they're still working and they know what happens when they speak out um But I know.
1: What's the view of most of law enforcement in your experience? How do they view this? Do they see it as you say, we're being betrayed? Or what are their thoughts? Most of them say that. Most of them say this
2: is just ridiculous. Um, A definition that I was given by a captain that I knew on on Border Patrol, um, this was in 2018, he said, trying to defend the border. Is like trying to catch a waterfall with a paper bag. Just doesn't make sense anymore. And and that little analogy stuck with me. And when you have a million people coming across into you know Eagle Pass, Texas, um, which you know small little country Texas towns, they can't sustain these amounts of people. So when they get there, they're temporarily housed, which means typically they're temporarily housed underneath overpasses until buses get there. And then they're bust, And from there, you know, to where? It used to be when we would catch these people, we would put wristbands on them. We would, you know, time and date, event numbers. these, This is the amount of people we have at this one point in time. And then we take them to a processing center. we you know, we get all their information, running their background checks. Um, and then from there, you know, they're released, but that's not even happening anymore that's not even happening so we're not even identifying who's coming over here now I will say this the the procedure has always been if they're Mexican then they get put on a bus and sent right back over into Mexico but no one else anymore now I don't even know if they're doing that anymore I'm, I'm sure they still are
1: but um how many the- how many I, I want to backtrack here for a second you started to mention the terrorist, element and and you talked about that how these guys are coming from the middle east they're pretending to be mexican they're changing their garments and whatever do you believe that there is a a, a plan that is in motion because you think they're sending people over here these terror groups al qaeda or isis or whoever
2: absolutely uh,
1: another attack
2: yeah absolutely it's eventually going to happen Um, two stories for you. For one, I caught a Lebanese guy who was in a group of Hispanic people. Um, he did everything he could to his hair, the way he groomed his eyebrows and his beard to look more Hispanic, uh, wore a soccer Jersey. The problem is when we were giving them orders in Spanish, he wasn't following them. He was just following the crowd. And we started to pick up that behavior. And so you know, we kept telling him different things in Spanish and he wouldn't follow exactly as everyone else was. So I kind of got curious and I have seen this before. So this is why I had experience in it. And I gave him some commands in simple Arabic and I'll be damned if he didn't listen immediately. Told him, put your hands up and turn around. Hey guys, watch this, put your hands up, turn around. Um, you know, air deck is what it's called. Turn around, hands up. And, um, he did it and so that's when we got to talking. where are you from he's from lebanon why are you here you know he just shrugged his shoulders they'll never give you the reason because you'll never see you'll never see the men the women the children the elders what we see chris are large amounts of fighting age men 16 to 60 fighting age men in 2018 when we were getting tasked by president Trump to go to the border to go and, and uh, assist border patrol. Our agents briefed us on a piece of information. And it was one of the leaders from Iran. And, uh, I don't know if it was the Ayatollah, but it was one of those, one of those guys, and he's sitting around a group of people and, um, He says, you know, the goal one day is to eventually get a young jihadi into Mexico to the cartels. And from there into Juarez, Mexico, into a tunnel underneath Juarez into El Paso, where he can release a biological agent like either ricin or anthrax and kill hundreds of thousands of people. And then everyone clapped and cheered. Yay, what a great plan, sir. Um, We knew then that was happening. But 10 years prior to that, this has been happening. InfoWars broke a story with Joe Biggs, who's now a political prisoner, um, many years ago, back in 2015, 2016, when I was still um, working in South Texas. And they were finding mosques along the border in in Mexico. Well, now, instead of mosques, you're finding small Chinatowns that are popping up. And we're finding Chinese patterned military rifles along the border now that the cartel are using. So there's a buildup of something. And if you ask my honest opinion, it's a buildup of everything. It's not one group. It's all the groups. It's not just the Chinese and their fentanyl. It's their people as well. Now, we don't see as high an influx of Russians. Um, probably because Ukraine is a more of a priority, but that doesn't mean that they're not being slipped in. Um, but you do see a high amount of Venezuelans. You do see a high amount of Cubans. Now you take these people from socialist communist countries and their men of fighting age, and they are bust here. They didn't walk. They did not walk here. They were bust here. Who bust them? George Soros, um, In 2018, we were finding leaflets and $500 prepaid visa cards by George Soros. And then we were finding leaflets um, from a a former Texas politician, Beto O'Rourke, of how to get into the border and how to get past DHS, how to come up and talk to us. So if they have their affiliates from that political group in Mexico City And then, you know, Panama and elsewhere in in Central America, what else is there? Who else is there? And what all can you get there? I mean, the tunnels alone, you can drive 18 wheelers through some of these tunnels. The Sinaloa cartel will go to the Sinaloa mines, the silver mines in the Sinaloa mountains. They'll take miners and they'll make the miners go and dig the dig the mines and uh, then they'll kill them. And then they'll go and grab the next group. And if they don't do it, they'll
1: kill them. They'll kill their family and they will do it. Now, now you're, you're talking about these. These are tunnels underground from Mexico into the United States. Absolutely. From so Texas then, to California. So then. What. Why do and, and what do you think about. President Trump's idea of this wall along Mexico is the wall really going to have an impact, even if they can complete it. If they've got these underground tunnels that are so huge, couldn't they just take the migrants underground?
2: Well, so that's a yes and a no question. More of them are going to come um, by the coyotes across the land than going underground. That's kind of like a special privilege kind of thing. Um, But, the the wall was working. We saw the wall working. Um, my group was there. Whenever, whenever the first border wall project started, my group was there, and we were there while the walls were being built. Uh, they ended up not going with the wall that we wanted. The wall that we wanted looked like it could keep out a T Rex, but instead they went with these you know slats and the and the walls so that they can see people in there there's benefits to that, but would it have worked? It would have slowed them down. It would have created an obstacle. You know, it's, you know, you put a fence around your house to keep out the dogs and the crooks, but you know, still people can climb over. People are very, uh, ingenuitive. Um, but it would have slowed down the average person. Now in El Paso, well, I remember we saw probably a 60 late sixties, maybe early 70 year old woman climbing with a, a, a freaking ladder up one of these walls. And we're like, don't do it. Don't do it. And she jumped, broke both her legs. Um, so you, it causes all different types of injuries. So, which by the way, you paid for that surgery to fix her, by the way. Um, it's, it is such a burden, not just on law enforcement and not just on the civilians on the border, the U S civilians, but also our our economic system is being destroyed by these people because Right now, Chris, you and I have to pay something called taxes, okay? You and I right now have to work for a living. God willing, we still can. There'll be an hour and day when no man can work, says Jesus. But these people don't. They get a college degree. Kids go to school for free, free food, free house, free phone, free internet, free laptop, sometimes free vehicles, free public transportation that is then given to them. They're not in the greatest places ever, but now with Joe Biden's new program, they're going to start moving these people into vacant houses and suburbs. Eventually, the American people are not going to put up with this anymore, and that's that's one of my concerns is that when you push people into a corner, you are giving them two chances, two, two opportunities to either capitulate and bow down and follow the the masses or to fight back with everything that you have. So you never have to do this again or die trying. I so think we're coming to a point where that is going to be very applicable in our future.
1: Do you believe then that we are headed for a civil
2: war? Absolutely. Absolutely. And manufactured too. Absolutely manufactured. You have such tribalism in America and I've seen it being in law enforcement Um, you have a very, very hostile form of people called liberals and Democrats, and then you have the regular old conservatives who just want to be left alone. Um, and eventually these two groups are going to clash. You see these groups clashing in 2020 at the riots. Um, but then you have another problem. You have distrust in law enforcement, a distrust in the government and a distrust in the military. You also have a distrust in the economy. Uh, the economy's tanking currently as we speak. And now they want to get rid of the U.S. dollar and bring forth the digital dollar, which leads us into the whole mark of the beast and all that. The The critical infrastructure for the Antichrist that is being created right now. These things think of it as, as a pot boiling over effect in order to get to that level where it is all about control, the 15 minute cities, Um, you know, your good behavior status online determines what you can buy, what you can drive. Can you fly? Can you take a boat? Are you allowed outside of your house that day? Then the amount of um, monitoring that we have from the cell phones, the laptops, the, The cameras that are everywhere in every city now that report everything you do, every keystroke is monitored, every email, every text message is kept in a database somewhere in the NSA that at any moment of time, an intelligence agency can go grab it and then create a dossier on you. And they already have most of your life. You can't not look at this situation now and say, we don't live under a form of tyranny. We have an absolutely Volunteer force, authoritative government, that we put these people into position for some reason, and then they won't relinquish their own power, which is how they cheat in the elections. If Donald Trump, this is just one of many things, if Donald Trump doesn't get reelected, do you think the average person in America is going to sit back and not complain about it? And then from there, do you think there's a small group of people who aren't going to take up arms about it? January six was a precursor to what 2024 is. If you will think of it as this, January six was planned in 2016. If that's true, then 2024 was planned in 2020, in 2021 with January six. So I believe that they are planning and building up the the pressure building in the pot. For a violent reaction from the people, that's why you have things like the Patriot Act. That's why Joe Biden, along with the U.N. and uh, other international forces, are saying that we need to hamper free speech on the Internet. Well, that means you and I go away. Then you have them coming out to the guns. They want to come out to your food. Um, they will want to control all your movements. Remember Barack Obama said you don't need an air conditioner. You don't need a car when he went to Africa. They mean that stuff. And it is all about a level of control. If they can stop your mobility, they can stop your defensibility, and then they can stop your ability to provide for yourself. Well, then you have to rely upon the government. And if you have to rely upon the government for food, medical, shelter, um, retirement, all, all your money, then you have to be a part of the system. And if you don't want to be a part of the system, well, well, then you don't get to buy, sell, or trade. That's why I've been saying this is every bit of what we see is the buildup of the infrastructure of the Antichrist. And the Vatican plays a large part in it, Chris. You know this. We have NGOs, uh, non-government organizations on the border that are helping uh, affiliate, um, and and they're helping to bring these people coming across the border uh, who are not all Christians, Um, they're bringing these people across the border and then they're funneling them all over the United States. You know, even to this day in the United States, we have slave factories where you have people coming across the border by the cartel. And these are factories owned by the cartel. And they will bring these people and take them to these places. They'll have a little apartment or house for them, and they will work for free to death in these places to make stuff. Just like they do in China, that's mm-hmm. happening here in America, and then you have the sex slave trafficking. I mean, I can go on and on.
1: You can't well, let me, not let's, look let's, at
2: this and say we're not in danger.
1: Let's let's zero in on. You mentioned the Vatican. Okay, I want you to, if you would, talk about your knowledge of the role of the Catholic Church and the Vatican overall on this illegal immigration issue into our country from mexico to the united states what involvement do they have so you have
2: you have entities like um almost every catholic church um and to include the red cross that are all sponsored by the vatican controlled by the vatican they are the main culprits in moving people it's always been a catholic church shows up somewhere at midnight with a van when we got you know, a busload or two of illegals, and then they come and pick them up and they drive them away because they are helping the government with repurposing these people, bringing them to other places. Uh, in El Paso, there was a million plus square foot warehouse in the industrial park where Red Cross was set up and they had at least 10,000 beds in there for people right underneath your nose. You never knew it. These people are 10, walking in and out. Beds? Oh yeah. 10,000. I've, I've been in that facility multiple times, drop people off at that facility multiple times, because when we didn't have the ability to put people in the soft side housing, the NGOs set up a new place and they'll go to the industrial parks in your city. And if there's a big hundred thousand to two, 300 million square foot um, warehouse, they'll set up in there temporary status for maybe a month or two and they'll house these people and then they'll close down shop and they'll open up somewhere else. And we, we monitor these things. We, we know where they're happening at by, by we, I mean, the government knows Um, in El Paso, right in the heart of El Paso, there's a no-go zone where you had at just a couple months ago, Hundreds, I know because my guys were on the border and they were working this. Um, You have hundreds of people that were roving the streets of El Paso in gangs of hundreds of men, teenagers and men, harassing people, um, assaulting people, raping people, killing people, robbing people. And the Sacred Heart Church, which is on 602 South Oregon Street. Was right there the entire time, and that's where these people would meet up. That's now where they what, would meet their handlers at.
1: What is the Sacred Heart Church? That's a Catholic church. That's a Catholic church. Yeah. Is that the the church you sent me the photo of? Yes, yes, it is. So, is that a Jesuit church? Yes, it is. That is actually a Jesuit church. Do you do you was there anything about the Jesuits in particular down at the border? that you learned or that you have learned while monitoring this whole situation. Just their
2: involvement. Um, The more you pay attention to these things, the more people pop up and the more, and it's not like they're new, they've been there the whole time, but they, they obviously are controlling movements. And by movements, I mean, you have to, you know, this is a huge logistical lift. You have to pay for the fuel, You have to get the buses, the vans, the drivers, um, either volunteer or they're paid. And then you have to be meeting with, uh, you know, Border Patrol at these pickup stations. And then from there, where are you taking them? Sometimes they take them halfway across the country and they just drop people off and they'll come back and then take them to another spot. I don't want to say it's equal distribution across the country. Me personally, I can't prove this, but me personally, I think these people are being strategically located. Now, they go to all Democrat cities. El Paso is a Democratic city. So, so
1: you believe then, and I, I know this might even sound like sort of a obvious kind of question, but you believe that this is all deliberate. These are not do, do you believe that these are poor refugees that are coming in because they're uh destitute or something or do you believe that this is the planned invasion of the United States of America
2: i would tell you both i would tell you both you know one of the problems with americans and i saw this on the border is you get you get this uh detachment from people and you're like oh man these people are just coming here to you know to suck off of our system well many of these people are coming from war torn countries very poor countries and they will risk anything to make a better life for themselves and their family now that exclusively is for the families but when you see hundreds of men in in a ranger file you know single single line walking up to the border Who are you? Where did you come from? Do you not have work? Does your government not take care of you? What about your families? Who's a father here? And, you know, many of them, I believe, I believe, and I've talked to a few sources. um, I believe that many of them are either told or paid to come here. They're given a temporary job. And they're just here to wait for the inevitable day that they're activated. That's what I believe. And I know many law enforcement officers who believe that. And I know folks in the Pentagon who believe that. You cannot deny that. What do you think would happen if 2 million American men showed up right now in Beijing? We showed up, you know, we just came across from, we met in Japan, you knew we were there. And then we just you know, took boats. We came over into mainland China and we just decided, you know what? We're going to stay here. Go get us a job, government. What do you think Beijing would say? You're invading us. Not only that, we would not be allowed, right? But in America, where they are paid by the Chinese to ignore these things, it can't happen. This is the problem with the lobbyists. 33 or more known Republicans are lobbyists for China. That's Republicans. You might as well count every Democrat. So is the problem then, Chris, China, Russia, all these countries coming across the border, is the problem the border, or is the real problem seated somewhere in a house of authority, allowing it to happen, getting the intelligence briefings, from law enforcement, from intelligence communities, from the Pentagon, saying, why are you doing this? Stop it. Why don't you do something about it? Fund the border. How about you fund DHS? How about you hire more Border Patrol officers so that they can catch people? But at that point, if you then write the laws and then tell Border Patrol their new policy is not to catch, but just to document and release, and don't even document just monitor and and watch them walk away then what is the point in having a border so if the government fails us and they're obviously failing us for a reason i don't care what congressman comes out and, and grandstands for 5 minutes about how bad the border is the majority republican democrat is doing this then the problem then is bestowed upon the Governor of the States. Texas took an aggressive a, a very aggressive approach with it, and it worked. It's been working. We have our own law enforcement involved in it. That's a tough job, man. Um, we are We are monitoring and, and patrolling and observing our own border. We've set up obstructions for our own border. And then the Biden administration sues us for setting these things up and says, you need to remove them. And Greg Abbott gave him the middle finger salute, and we haven't removed anything. It would take California, Arizona, and New Mexico, and Texas together in a confederate of states to say we shall control the border and protect our civilians. And if you're not going to protect your civilians, then the problem goes to your local government, your state government, and that means the problem has been we the people the entire time. That's why I'm saying you're going to force people to do something that you know that they will do, and then it'll be a aha, got you, catch 22, and then they'll prosecute we, the people. That's the way I see this happening. And, and it's this inevitable uh, approach of a, a dog chasing its tail, and every time it bites its tail, it gets mad at itself, right? Eventually, we're going to have to do something about it. But currently, if we're not, we're being invaded by disease, We're being invaded by criminals. We're being invaded by terrorists, and we're being invaded and having our jobs going to other people. Um, Social security in probably 10 years is not going to be there. That means you and I aren't going to get social security. Um, Many other benefits are going away. They've even said that they want to come after veterans benefits. And I'm I'm a U.S. Marine veteran. They want to come after our benefits to help pay for not only Ukraine, but also the people coming across the border. I could complain for weeks, for weeks,
1: but nothing's being done about it, Chris. Hmm. Well, all right, You, you started to mention, or you mentioned people coming across the border and waiting for a special day. Are you talking about Middle Eastern type guys coming across, waiting for a special day? Can you elaborate on that more?
2: no i think we need to we need to broaden the horizon of the threat the threat is communism okay um most of the countries that we invaded that are middle eastern did you know that those were communist countries socialist countries they mm-hmm. all have this weird thing in common socialism and communism and authoritarianism um and all by the way all those countries now are brics nation alliances too so I see this as a quasi brics nations invasion allowed by the U.S. government, and Canada has its bigger point to play in this as well. This is also happening in Canada. Um, Most people don't know this. You can take a flight from Mexico, direct flight into Canada, and then just walk right across the border. So um, I think the inevitable goal... Is the invasion of america and then you you know you you cut up the the thanksgiving turkey as you need to but why stage a war why float across an invasion force of people when this is if i was a diabolical person and i wanted to take down america this is what i would do i would pay your politicians to allow my army to come across And since it's too hard and too obvious to bring my army from Beijing and from um, uh, St. Petersburg and Moscow over to Mexico, then we'll just hire our friends in South America who are all on our side and we'll send them up first. And that'll be the initial force. All you need is an initial force of people. And it takes these two or three things. If you're going to be wise about this, you would cut the power. You would black out America. If you're going to be very wise about this, you would then take that invasionary force and you would have them take over the border towns and the border patrol checkpoints. And then they would create a DMZ for themselves, uh, a demilitarized zone, which would actually more be just a militarized zone for the next, next group to come in. And that would be a mechanized group. That mechanized group is the cartel. So with the cartel's involvement, which is just as well established as the U.S. military at this point, um, with the cartel's involvement, and then with uh, all these other multiple countries that are here, you can cause a lot of damage. You can secure the southern border. And if America's blacked out and we're in World War III status, you can probably bet that there are forces that are going to be rerouted into mexico and then they're going to drive their tanks their artillery and everyone else straight up to uh straight up north into the southern border and that's just one of a beginning phase of a pinzer attack same thing can happen from canada and down mexico and up and then eventually russia meets on the east coast and china on the west coast and now america is surrounded i mean at that rate this is one of the things that dr peter vincent Pry warned about with an EMP, disease, famine, civil war, and then, you know, just the brutality of not having law enforcement around anymore and no more power, America'd be dead in a year and you can walk right in and take it. That's what I think the future is if we don't do anything about it, but what can you really do about it?
1: Wow. Wow. All right. All right. Um Doug I think this has been great been very very good now anything more that you can add about the role of oh do you know of a document called strangers no longer you know this document no I do not oh it was it was engineered years ago between the catholic bishops in america and the catholic bishops in mexico but it was the the whole purpose of the document was to facilitate the idea of strangers no longer. Well, we're going to import all of these people from Mexico into America so that we're no longer strangers. (laughs) That's the idea. It's sort of a kind of this humanitarian invasion. Uh, It would appear it's working. Yeah. Yeah. That's the approach, you know, that it's all about love and humanitarianism and, uh, embracing people who are different and this kind of thing.
2: Do you ever, do you ever think that the Vatican is coordinating this with the United States government?
1: Oh yeah, I totally believe they are. And I mean, I think that's why they wanted Biden in the white house. Biden is a Jesuit. He goes to a Jesuit church. Uh, he's been, you know, uh, close to the order throughout his life. His family Bible is specifically a Jesuit Bible. And uh, I think he has a long relationship with the order. He was, uh, his uh, inaugural prayer was done by a Jesuit priest. And then there was an inaugural mass that was done by yet another Jesuit priest. And so he's very, very close with the order. They run Georgetown University that's where they train the spies for the CIA. And yeah, so when when you sent me some couple of months ago that photo and you said your guys down there they said this is the church where all these illegals go and I went and I looked it up and it's a Jesuit church. To me it all fits together. It all makes sense. I think they are they are engaging in what Dr. Ronald Cook calls irredentism. And that's the uh the italian word for immigration warfare
2: yep so to me this is this is very similar to the arab spring during the obama administration we had the arab spring we had people from africa that fled is is the word that they use um up into turkey and then from there into europe and then they spread all the way out to scandinavia and now i believe it's sweden has uh, one of the cities in Sweden has the most hand grenade attacks upon any other city in America or in Europe. And I mean, we're talking, Sweden, Sweden, right. Uh, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed people. And and yet apparently it was these immigrants who are now bringing in all the hand grenades. Um, but London is now called London Stan mm-hmm. in Germany. Uh, they were forcing elderly people out of their homes and out of their apartments to make way for migrants. And migrants is the political term. I call them invaders, invaders. There is. It used to be, I think it was parts of the eastern side of France were no-go zones. Last time I checked, half of France is a no-go zone to include half of Britain is a, is a no-go zone. And there's other places like this, and they all have something in common, and it is Islam. It is Islam. And then you have Greece um, and other parts of uh, the the areas around Greek, uh, around Greece that are now being invaded by African migrants by the thousands, thousands, some say tens of thousands. And they don't know what to do with them, but they're all men teenagers to 60s they're all uh what you would call hyper violent and no one can really explain why they're there what are they you know what are they leaving why do they have a refugee status but the government accepts them right in, but the people don't and so now you're seeing you're you're seeing this conflict with the people and the migrants
1: what do your guys say your your uh, federal Law enforcement, police agents who are observing this whole thing. What do they say about the Islamic element? It's oh, still there. What's that now? It's still there.
2: It's still there. The threat is still there. The threat never they believe went away.
1: that this is getting this is leading us to a future terror attack, possibly Absolutely. on the United States.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. The Border Patrol said it. The Border Patrol themselves said that we are not going to be the ones responsible for a future terror attack. We catch the people, we turn them over to the FBI. The FBI says, "Let them in." Um, that's and we don't know why. the The thing that I fail to understand is who is the FBI to give the Border Patrol an order. And who are the politicians to give the Border Patrol an order? Herein lies the problem. Much like what you and I were mentioning with the book Ordinary Men in Nazi Germany. The problem with law enforcement right now is we are taking orders from intelligence agencies. And we're taking orders from politicians that we know break the Constitution. uh, They're un-American, unpatriotic. And we know that they are socialist, communists, they're extremist, and yet we go along with it, just following orders. Mm-hmm. See the the Nuremberg problem, but that is eventually when the people get tired of it, they're gonna look at law enforcement and said, You assisted in this. You knew it. You were dealing with it. You passed the intelligence along. You caught the bad guys. You processed the bad guys. You let the bad guys go. Why didn't you do something about it? You know why? Because they'll say, I was just following orders. What am I supposed to do about it? Mm-hmm. And, and there is a defense for that. The defense is unless law enforcement goes completely rogue and says, we're filling up the prisons, we're filling up the jails, and then we're going to take them on a bus we're taking them back to Mexico and we're releasing them. Even if we tried to do that, that would depend on if Mexico took them. And then from there, they're just going to
1: gather back at the river and walk right back across. I, I have mean- a question for you. I have a question. Maybe you can Maybe you can answer this. I've heard this for years and maybe you know something about it. But I was watching, I was reviewing footage, getting ready for this interview, uh, and they were showing in one of the stories online all of these migrants that are being brought from Africa, and they're flying them in and all this other kind of stuff, just crazy. And at one point, there was a woman who was stopped along the way, and she was not allowed to go to the next checkpoint in her flight travel. And they said, because her records were not in order or something. And she said she was upset, and she said, "I'm so upset. I've paid $10,000 dollars for this trip, and now I'm not going to be able to complete my journey. I've heard for years that people coming up from Mexico are paying the coyotes five to eight to ten thousand dollars in cash. To be led across the border. Yep. They're they're doing uh when they do uh statistics for Americans, US citizens, and they ask Americans, how easy would it be for you to come up with a thousand dollars, one thousand dollars in cash for an emergency? 60% or more of Americans say that would be difficult. So my question is this: where are these? desperate migrants getting five and ten thousand dollars in cash if if the situation for them is so bad in their home countries where are they getting all of this money that the average american apparently does not have in their bank account so
2: and when we see people from china you know they they have a little bit easier they they have things that they can sell but some of these people they are selling everything The dog, the cat, the goldfish, the car, the home, uh, the cattle. And then, you know, ask yourself, how does someone from Africa meet with a Mexican cartel? How does someone from, you know, let's say Ethiopia, which is on the eastern side of Africa, meet with a Mexican cartel member and then get smuggled into typically it's South America and then brought up through Central America, and then eventually into the Mexican cartels. So they're not interacting with the Mexican cartels at that rate. They're interacting with another entity that is shipping them by boat, not by plane, typically by boat to places like Peru or um, uh, Chile, or they'll send them to um, Guatemala, send them to Honduras. Typically from what we've seen, Is that they're being funneled into South America, like Colombia, and then they go north. Most of that is funded by George Soros and American politicians and NGOs. There's an entire NGO set up to help people smuggle people. That's called human trafficking. Into to South America and Central America, and then up the border. Now, when they get to Mexico, they have to get the permission from the cartels. And it's all too easy. They meet these people typically, you know, in the center of Mexico or, you know, from Mexico City, they get sent up. Um, a lot of times they are bust in, uh, in Greyhound buses, tourist bus, and, and then they are sent into, you know, one of the many different states um, along the border of Mexico And from there, they're dispersed. The cartel meets them right there at these bus stops, says, okay, you guys come over here. And the American NGOs set up way stations for food, water, cell phones, um, giving them money, which is all paid for typically by George Soros Foundations. And then right there before you get to the border, it's let's say it's typically $8,000 a head. One coyote can collect $80,000 for a couple hours of work, four to five times a day, a lot of money. That's unbelievable. And and that is, if I don't know how to do this math right off the top of my head, but let's say if a million people cross the border and each person paid $10,000 to get there, do the math. That's a lot of money the cartel is making. The cartel is a Fortune 500 company, and we've known it. We watch them. We monitor them. We observe them. They'll send us sometimes at these Border Patrol checkpoint stations. They'll send us an 18-wheeler filled with weed, filled with weed. You can smell it coming over the bridge. Then the dogs hit on it, and then we have a merry time tearing the truck apart. And it sucks us all in. And meanwhile, you know, the truck full of fentanyl goes this way or the truck with a with a nuclear missile goes this way. We won't know because we're so busy with this one thing. Or, you know, the vehicles going south with weapons and, and ammunition and uh, and people and money. And then you have things coming north, coming south. It's you not know, hard that, anymore that,
1: to do that, this. because w- When you talk about the fentanyl, uh, let's just address fentanyl very quickly. The reports that I'm reading, is it correct to say that they are disguising fentanyl to look like other drugs and shipping it into our country to trick people into taking it so that they'll take it and die?
2: Well, a lot of times fentanyl gets to the border and then is the cartel will create something else out of it um, so that it looks like candy. And then it's sent north.
1: Are they um, doing it deliberately to kill people?
2: I mean, why not? You know, it kills people. You know, it's the most addictive drug out there, next to pornography. It's the most addictive thing on the streets. So, I mean, it's it's killed a million people or more easily, and it's currently killing a million people or more. And next year it'll do it again, and then it'll do it again. And it a fentanyl comes from. China, only one place creates fentanyl, and that's China. And your government knows that. Your Pentagon knows that. Your intelligence agencies and law enforcement agencies know that, and no one says anything about it except you'll see Matt Gates or maybe some other Republican who at least has a brazen pair who will say we're being killed and China's the one doing it. It takes more than just a Matt Gaetz or or one or two other Republicans out there who actually has some sand to stand on um to do anything about this? But once again, go back to lobbyists. How many of them are bought and paid for? How many of them? Diane Feinstein finally just kicked the bucket. One of the biggest proponents of communist China in the American government was Diane Feinstein. One of the um, biggest anti-gunners. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them in. Remember that? Mm-hmm. This is your government. All this could be stopped by your government. Trump wanted to put the troops on the border. Trump actually said at one point, we're going to take the next tour of duty and make it the southern border.
1: I don't know why we have it. Well, the way I see it, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, brother, but the way I see it, Mexico, just by the numbers, is the number one enemy of the United States of America. Just in agree. terms of casualties and 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 deaths. I mean, we lost 58,000 men in Vietnam. The, the illegals have killed hundreds of thousands of U.S. citizens. When you factor the drug trade and all the crime that's been committed, is that accurate to say? Absolutely. Trump was not
2: lying when he said they're literally sending us the scum of the earth. They really are. Because... The, the average man and woman and, and family units can't make it here. And, you know, by the 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 U.N. standards, if you're a refugee, you have to stop in the first country that ex- that, you know, accepts the refugee status. That means Mexico. But they're not. And we know that they're not. And yet we allow them. And look what Biden just allowed all the Cubans and Venezuelans over here, all the communists and socialists, as I like to say. Hmm. Um, and the majority of them are, are men of fighting age. This is, this is eventually going to be part of a very, very big problem of America, a very big problem. Um, I I think that even if you put the military on the border and you built the border wall, you'll slow the, you'll slow the influx of people coming across for a while. But then we had to turn to the interior of the United States and deal with those people. And I, I will say it, deport them, deport them back to the country they came from and yeah. every single criminal organization. I'm beyond, I worked in, I worked for the federal Bureau of prisons uh, department of justice for a while. And I'm beyond at the rate of saying that, you know, all of our prisons are at max capacity. We don't have anywhere to put you. So if that's if that's the case, send them to Afghanistan, man. I don't care where you send them. You, you know, you wanted to come here? Great. We're gonna parachute you off into you know the Sahara. Survive there. No one's invading Africa, no one's invading Iraq, no one's invading Saudi Arabia, no one's invading China. They're not sending mass migrants of people to Russia or to Ukraine. Mass migrants aren't aren't going to South America to stay. They're all being sent to America. It's to destabilize. There can be no other reason except to destabilize the economy, to rile up the people, destroy the inner workings of our government, especially creating social disorder like crime. And then what happens? What happens when The first shot across the world, or the first shot heard around the world, and we get into World War III with Russia and China, what do you think all those people here are going to do? Do you think they're going to say, oh, we're all Americans? No. Most of them don't like Americans. They want your country. They want your house. But they don't like us for the most part. That's going to be a problem, and we're going to have to deal with it, and it's going to be... A problem that the government, our government, knows will happen, and I believe is preparing, along with the UN and NATO, to move in on America and to seize control to restabilize America, just like we did with Iraq. We destabilized Iraq, we took out the power, we took out the people in charge, and we killed their economy. And then we allowed warlords. Then we moved dozens of different nations, militaries and on Iraq to stabilize that nation. And we didn't leave for 20 years. That's America's future. That's it. Wow. There can, there can be no other reason for all of this.
1: All right. So can you sum up then your view? What should God fearing Americans do? I get asked this question a lot. And can you give me, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Can you give me a 60 second answer?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Worry about the oil and your lamp. That's what I tell you to do. Um, Worry about your relationship with God, preparing the stores of your house. So storing up your beans, bullets, band-aids. Um, get in good shape, because when the power goes out, you're going to walk. And most Americans don't know what that means anymore. And building up relations with people around you and recreating a, a community around you. Most people don't even know their neighbors anymore. Um, because when America breaks down, tribalism will will be enacted again. And we're going to look like the 13 colonies all over again. That's That's how America began, and that's how we'll end up as little bitty colonies, um, and we'll be out there trying to protect each other. Suburbs will become their own cities, their own townships, until we eventually re-knit the fabric of this country back together again. And only through, I, I Chris, I, I dare say that only through getting on our knees together and praying to Abba Father to protect us, to, to keep the sin out of our land and out of your home, That's the only way we will survive this period. You do. You cannot raise up a a 10 million man army to the border or to to the white house and defeat this enemy. Most of us can't even stand together in the same church service because of all the different denominations you think we'll gather together. We won't, we will gladly stand different apart from each other. Now that, that is, I believe the sin nature of America has caused that one of Satan's many plots, but I believe everything that's going on right now is going to be eventually to glorify God by his people. Cause we're going to be taken to a wilderness and God exposes himself to his people in the wilderness. Just most of us aren't ready for that walk.
1: Now yeah, that's about it. All right. So as Doug said, that is about it. That is the end of that interview with uh, Doug Thornton. We're very thankful that we had a chance to talk to him. But that is going to do it for us today. That is our show. We'll stop it there. But we will be back next time as the Lord leads us. Until then, God bless you guys. I'm Chris Pinto, and you've been listening to Noise of Thunder Radio.